0: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to
1: Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we've got Peter Watts joining us back in the studio. Welcome Peter. Good to be here Jason. Welcome everybody. Yeah good to have you back Peter. You've been away last week up in New South Wales. Mm. A busy week I believe.
2: It was a busy week but it was a good week Uh, i was there attending some meetings but i also was um sharing my um apologetic series uh is god for real and just asking some of those basic questions does god exist is there anything we can trust did we really evolve why so much suffering those kind of things and um yeah we had a good uh crowd up there and we had a good uh conversation
1: Awesome. Did you meet any uh, interesting people who came to your event? Oh,
2: yes, I did. And uh, if you were there, I just want to give a shout out to all of those who, who turned up and thank you very much for coming and we hope that you're tuning in to Faith FM. But um, yes, uh, Gary Webster, of course, who uh, also appears on Tassie Encounters, he uh, is going to be conducting a, a, a little series called The Search for Certainty um, that follows on from the program that I was running. So. Awesome. Awesome. Mm, yeah.
1: That's the title of your uh, series from last year that you did in as well.
2: Well, Searching for Certainty was my. So, so the Search for Certainty is uh, also, it's actually a series of uh, Bible study guides uh,
1: from which Gary is uh, doing a public presentation. So, that'll be interesting. Awesome. Now, Peter, we've got an event coming up this weekend that's a fantastic event. If you're listening in Tasmania, um this is well worth attending. There are three events happening on Friday evening on Sunday afternoon and on Monday, Friday evening in Hobart. It's called Improving Immune Function Through Food. It's a fantastic event presented by Dr. Sue Rad, who is an advanced accredited practicing dietitian. It's uh, quite a mouthful to say that uh, title. <laughs> um, but basically what that means is she knows her stuff and she's also a practicing dietitian, so that means she's... she's uh, consulting on day. on a daily basis as well mm-hmm. she's a researcher she's an author her recent book uh food as medicine cooking for your best health actually won the Gomaand World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book In the world, Mm. so that's a world class book. Um, You'll be able to get a copy of that book at the event in Hobart, 6 p.m. on May 13. That's Friday, and Sunday at 4 p.m. in Launceston and 6 p.m. On uh, Monday in Devonport. Now, if you want to get the details to book, this is a free event, so there's no cost. But if you want to come, you can get the all the information and the booking links where you can book a ticket. You have to book a ticket. So text in immune22, Immune Twenty Two. That's I double M U N E two two. Text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we will send you the details to get. Um, a ticket for that event. Mm-hmm. Will you be going Peter? I'm certainly going
2: Jason. I'm looking forward to it actually. I've seen But Sir I believe Rad you before. haven't got
1: your tickets yet.
2: Well, I'm told, <laughs> I think my, I think my dear sweet wife is uh sorting that out today but Good. <laughs> um
1: I know I have seen uh, Dr. surad before and she's well worth listening to, so Yeah, she's absolutely great. So um do uh, do uh, text in immune twenty two zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Peter, this is our first program in just a very short series. We're going to do three parts. Yes. Uh, This is the first one. We finished up your previous series called The Apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. If you want to catch up on The Apprenticeship, you can go to the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. You can find that on the Tassie Encounters or you can search for the program called The Apprenticeship and you can get all those episodes there and listen to them. But what are we doing now for the next three series? Okay, so we're going to do a little short series on a
2: small book that we find in the Old Testament, and it's one of what's called the Minor Prophets. Uh, and that's not because their message is minor, it's just simply because they're they're short. They're relatively short um, uh pieces of scripture and, and we're going to look at the book of Jonah and today's episode is going to be called Jonah on the Run and we're going to take a look at this little book and uh, you know lots of people again I think uh, a lot of people will have heard of Jonah and they've probably heard of Jonah and the whale.
1: Yeah that's it. You know
2: even if they've never read the book of Jonah even if they've never read the Bible at all uh, a lot of people have heard the story of Jonah and the whale and uh, so we're going to pick up that um uh, But we're going to start out with chapter 1, and uh, we'll get a little bit of background. Maybe what we'll do is read verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1, and then we can talk a little bit about the background to the book of Jonah.
1: Mm. In this uh, Bible, which is the New King James Version, it's titled Jonah's Disobedience, and it says, "Now Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me
2: all right Okay, so here we have God calling Jonah to go to uh, Nineveh and to proclaim a message against it because of their wickedness. Now, there's a few things here. First of all, uh, Jonah; his name means dove, uh, yeah. and that's that's the the meaning of his name. And it's what's interesting about this story before we even get into it, and we're going to be unpacking this in the next three weeks, um, is that this. Uh, Book of Jonah is kind of unique in the sense that of the minor prophets and the you know there's about a dozen minor prophets. Um, most of the time, it says you know the word of the Lord came to the prophet and he delivers the, the message and and that's really what it's about. This is actually more about the relationship between God and the prophet than it is about the story. Mm. It's not that the story is insignificant or unimportant. It's actually hugely important, but it forms a backdrop. And what's in the foreground is this relationship between God and Prophet.
1: There's a lot of layers to this story, isn't it? Because it really uh, is. You know, it's most well known as a children's story, mm. and yet there's a lot in this that. Uh if you if you look at those layers, you look through those layers. There's can,
2: a lot of significant theology there you know, is for a children's yeah. story. Yeah. So so I'm not sure that it's written as a children's story. I think children are interested in it. Yeah, of uh, course. And, and like Noah in the Ark.
1: someone got swallowed by a fish. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and we going that actually comes up next week. <laughs> That's next week. Yeah. But we're going to. Um, unpack this a little bit. First of all, Jonah was a prophet of God. He's actually recorded in Second um, Kings 14.25 uh, as being a prophet of God. So, the point of this is that as we read the first couple of verses of Jonah, this is not like it comes out of the blue. Mm. Jonah knew God, and God knew Jonah, and they had, you know communicated before Mm. so it's not like when this message comes he's startled and he's running away or whatever because he's afraid um he's actually you know he knows god and he knows this is a message from god
1: now just to put this
2: into context what time period are we talking about Okay, so basically, uh, this is in the time of Jeroboam II. This is a, a king of northern empire of Israel. So if you think about, uh, a lot of people have heard of King David, you know, David and Goliath. He became the king of Israel, mm-hmm. and Israel was a united kingdom at that time. He had a son Solomon. It remained a united kingdom. But after the death of Solomon, the kingdom broke in two. Uh, the northern tribes, ten of them, broke away, and there were two in the south. And so you had... The northern kingdom was known as Israel. The southern kingdom became known as Judah. And so in Israel, you've got Jonah who is in Israel in the northern kingdom. And he gets this message. And so we're talking about 793 to 753 BC, okay, the 8th century BC. And at that time, Assyria was the major power. Mm. in the Middle East. Okay, so we might think of the Babylonian Empire or the Persians or the Egyptians or whatever. But Assyria is the dominant power at this time. So is
1: this... This is after Babylon or before Babylon? So I mean, this is before be, Babylon. Before Babylon. So.
2: Be, before Babylon in terms of Babylon being the, the most... The major power. power. Yeah. yeah. So this okay. is before the time of Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, before the time of Babylon's ascendancy. And so Assyria is the major power and the capital of Assyria is Nineveh. Mm. And so God is directing... Uh, this message towards the Ninevites. Now, why is that?
1: Well, it, it says here, for their wickedness has come up before me. Tell us about their wickedness. Yeah,
2: okay. So in the, if you look at the book of Nahum, uh, which is another one of the minor prophets, Nahum is basically God's message against Nineveh because of their wickedness. And what we read and what we know about the Assyrians is that they were particularly cruel In terms of uh, when they were battling against the people, they were particularly cruel to the people. And so we have, uh, you know, evidences of youth, men and women being burned alive. We have uh, evidence of people being skinned, Mm -hmm. uh, their skin taken off, uh, decapitation, limbs being pulled off people, um, hands and feet cut off. And noses and ears cut off. These are obviously of the living, this not the dead. This doesn't
1: sound like a children's story anymore. It's no, it's not a children's <laughs> story
2: anymore. Eyes gouged out, um, heads hung in trees or displayed on spikes. Um, and these details help us to understand a little bit of why God was sending this message against the Ninevites mm. because they were a particularly uh, cruel and barbarous uh, people at that time, especially to to their enemies, and uh, you've even got uh, if you go to the British Museum, you'll see some reliefs, depictions of the Assyrians in action, um, and so there there you know
1: some of the uh, things that they were guilty of were were particularly grisly. Hmm. So uh, these people were a pretty gruesome vicious um, really well known for their brutality their brutality, yeah
2: absolutely mm. now what 's interesting of this is we 're going to find out as we go through the whole you know story of um, Jonah is that God is sending this message not because he's going to, he wants to destroy these people, but rather he wants them to turn around, mm. and we'll pick that up as we continue in the story.
1: Mm. We're going to go to a break, but um, we were going to ask you a question, but it makes sense to ask this question after we read the next verse. So I'll do it straight after we do that when we come back from the break. Uh, this is uh, Won't You Go by Janine Or.
0: I told you to go, but in fear you said no You didn't think that you were ready to go I begged you to speak, but you said I'm too weak You forget that in me you are strong I want you to know that you're ready to go I set you apart, right from the start I need you to see that your strength comes from me I have Given you all that you need, won't you? I begged you to leave, but you did not believe in the work that you could do with me I want you to know that you're ready to go, I set you apart right from the start I need you to see that your strength comes from me, I have given you
1: On Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with Peter Watts and we're studying the book of Jonah. And our title today is Jonah on the Run. Now, before the break, um, we said we'd ask you a listener question, but it makes sense to tell you or read to you the next verse of Jonah. This is Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. So we'll do that. It says, But Jonah arose and flee to Tarshish. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. Sorry, I I misread that. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, we're going to come back and unpack that a little bit. But uh, our question that makes sense now is, have you ever run from God? What were the consequences we're going to keep reading this chapter of Jonah and we're going to find out what the consequences were for Jonah. But we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 488 Have you ever run from God? What were the consequences? Mm. We'd love to hear from you this morning. So uh, the question I have, uh, Peter, is where is Tarshish? (laughs) And um, apparently it's a little bit of an unknown in that there's three possible locations I think it could be.
2: I think mainly the consensus is that it's somewhere in the direction of Spain. Yes. Um, And so uh, what's interesting in this verse is Tarshish appears three times. Mm. Uh, the word tashishi. In other words, it's kind of emphasising the fact. So, if you think about it, wherever Jonah was, somewhere in Israel, uh, he was asked to go northeast. To Nineveh, yes, but he ends up going southwest. So he goes down to and Joppa, a, and a long, long way west. Exactly. So down to Joppa to the port to get a boat to head west. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, sometimes I will have uh, asked the question: Have you ever taken a ticket to Tarshish? Uh, that is to say, that you're convicted about something that God wants you to do. But you've decided you want to go in the opposite direction. It's mm. not that you, you're putting your, just putting your uh, earmuffs on. You don't want to hear God's message. You're actually going in the opposite direction. Mm. And uh, he's decided he's going to go on vacation. And so um, now on a human level, we can understand this because mm. he's in Israel. Assyria was the enemy of the Israelites. They'd conducted a number of raids. They were in uh, battles with the Assyrians. They knew the cruelty of the Assyrians, as we've already mentioned. And so on a human level, uh, Jonah is thinking, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to go anywhere near there. No, because, <laughs> they, you know, they might take my life. It might cost me my life. But also, I'm sure that what's interesting about this message is it says... um you know, God has said, arise, go to Nineveh, verse 2, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Why is God sending this message to Nineveh? We find out later on that actually God is is desiring that these people turn around, and in fact, they do. Spoilers for those that don't know the end of the story, but the point being that If you don't want these people to turn around, you don't bother sending the message. Mm. So, in other words, the very fact that God is sending this warning message to Nineveh means that he cares about them and he wants them to be redeemed. He wants them to be turned around. Evidently, Jonah doesn't want that to happen. And he certainly doesn't want to go anywhere near Nineveh, which is the capital of the enemies of Israel. And this is why he is fleeing. Incidentally, uh, Joppa is uh, it used to be uh, known as Jaffa. And uh, if anybody's ever had those little orange sweets, uh, I had a bag of Jaffa's a couple of weeks ago. And um, they're little orange sweets, of course, and uh, orange-flavoured chocolate. And uh, they're named after the port of Jaffa, believe it or not. When I was a kid, we used to get oranges in the UK, and they were all stamped with Jaffa. Mm. And that's because they came through the port of Jaffa. And so uh,
1: a bit of trivia for you there. That's the port uh, in Tel Aviv.
2: The port, uh, yep. Israel the, the, that Tel Aviv is in that place today. And mm. uh, Joppa is the, uh, the listing here we've got in the scriptures. Mm. Anyway, let's read. So he is basically, he goes down, and I want you to emphasize that, he went down to Joppa and he went down into a boat. He paid the fare. To Tarshish. And mm-hmm. let's read from 4 through 9 now.
1: But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners, or mariners, what do you say, mariners? Yes. Yep. Yeah. The mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, And was fast asleep. That's amazing.
2: It is. (laughs) Well, there are four times. That's the fourth time, I think it says down.
1: Yeah, down, 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 down. down, down. He was going a long way down. Yeah. um, And he goes further yet. Go. (laughs) So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come let us cast lots, that we may know for sure, sorry, that we may, may know whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land.
2: Mm, Okay, so lots in this little passage to to talk about. First of all, uh, it's interesting, I mentioned before that, you know, four times it says he went down, Mm. down to Joppa, down into the ship, down into the, (laughs) uh, you know, furthest parts of the ship, lay down. And when you're running from God you're going down. (laughs) You're always going down. You you know, when we come to God, we are, you know, if you like, ascending to him. But um, uh, I think that's just an interesting piece of literature where it Mm. says he's going down, down, down. Mm. And uh, so he's wanting to run from God. And, um, the, you know, God... Has this, it says, the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat that's been in a storm. Uh, I have. I remember um, being on a boat. I would have probably been about seven years of age or something. We took a ship, a boat from uh, Liverpool in England to the Isle of Man across the Irish Sea, which is not a very long trip. Mm. But the Irish Sea is notoriously, um, uh, well, not calm, let's put mm. it that way. And and I think we were sailing it at midnight. I don't know if it was, you know, my dad got cheap tickets or something, but we, I think we were sailing at midnight, so it was the middle of the night. And I also think that we, we, we didn't have... Um, we were up on the deck or something so we, you know they were obviously the cheapest tickets going <laughs> and there was this massive storm and I was hanging on to this pole as the boat uh, threw itself around and uh, so that was an interesting experience. How long is that trip? I actually don't know, but right. it felt like a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was, but a few moments, and it was, you know, probably an hour or two or something. But mm. it felt like a long time. Mm. Um, I haven't worked out how far that is. But so Jonah's. So this this uh, storm uh, comes up. And the mariners were afraid. That's the thing in verse 5. Now, mariners, they are used to the the sea. They're used to storms. They're used Mm. to seeing all sorts of things. And when they get afraid, you know it must be serious. And so they were afraid, and they're crying out to to their gods. They're throwing the cargo into
1: the sea. That's a serious thing to do because that was was their livelihood. Exactly.
2: You're not going to be doing that unless you absolutely have to. Mm. Um And so, you know, but Jonah had gone down and he was asleep. And this is so fascinating that he actually can sleep
1: In during that this, storm. Tom, it reminds me that 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 verse there where it says he was in the low parts of the ship he'd lain down and fell asleep reminds me so much of the passage uh it, when jesus calmed the storm but the disciples were in the storm yeah. in the boot in the boat and uh, they turn around and see jesus laying at the back jesus of the jesus was
2: in the boot <laughs> in the boat yeah. <laughs> he was but in the
1: back of the boat he was sleeping with a head on a head, head on a cushion and uh it's it's amazing how he could sleep through yeah. it so is there any parallels here? Do you think well, I
2: think it's actually interesting. When you read through the Book of Jonah, there are glimpses of the ministry of Jesus in mm. the Book of Jonah that we'll pick up you know as we go through. So for instance Jesus that story you're talking about where the storm was on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus was in the boat, that's Matthew eight, twenty three to twenty-seven. But um Jesus is sleeping in the boat, that's the storm, they wake him up and saying, How can you sleep? You know, can't you see that we're gonna perish here? And Jesus arises and calms the storm. And what's interesting is that's what's Going to happen with Jonah too. Mm. And so, in a way, uh, Jonah is symbolic of Jesus in some respects through this story. Um, And we'll see more glimpses of that. Jesus himself says that this uh, wicked generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Mm. So Jesus himself is is compar- comparing his ministry with that of Jonah in some respects. Um, now, of course, not all details apply, but some of them do. And so this is a little echo of that story for sure.
1: We're going to go to another break, Peter. Um, we'll come back and continue this fascinating story. Before the break, just a reminder of our question have you ever run from God? What were the consequences? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488-880-891. This is The Red Sea Road by Ellie Holcomb.
0: We buried
3: dreams Laid them deep into the earth Behind us said Our goodbyes But everything reminds us God knows we ache When he asks us to go on How do we go?
0: is made possible by the
1: support of Adventist World Radio. You are listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we are talking with Peter Watts on a very short series that we're doing called The Reluctant Messenger. We're talking about Jonah, and uh, we've just been talking about Jonah in the storm where... Things were not looking good for <laughs> the Mariners and Jonah. They weren't. They, 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 would, would, uh,
2: they had gone to... Uh, uh, sorry if I'm cutting you off there, Jason. I, 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 I've
1: got, a, I've got a, a pun that I've got to get Please out. Please go. Go yeah. to. Earlier you said we've got lots to talk about in this passage. And that's literally true because in verse 7 it talks about casting a lot. So exactly. we do have lots to talk about. I love
2: that, Jason. It's and good that you're quick-witted <laughs> and
1: quick-minded there, yeah, but thinking I, I just me, couldn't get it in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let me back up a couple of verses. So uh, we recognize that Jonah is um, he's on the boat. He's gone down to sleep. They're actually waking him up. They've gone down to wake him up, not because they think he's the problem at this point, but because they're saying, we're all calling on our gods. What are you doing? Yeah. Start praying. We're mm-hmm. in desperate trouble. We're likely to lose our lives. The ship's probably going to go down. This storm's so huge. And these are mariners. So these are experienced sea people. They've seen storms before, but this is something special. And they're saying to Jonah, get up, and start praying to your gods. You know, mm-hmm. we're praying. Mm-hmm. And um, then it says in verse 7, if you'd like to
1: read that, Jason. Yep. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah.
2: You're right. There you go. There's your lots. Yep. So we're going to talk about this lots and lots. But it, as we said before, well, uh, does God want us to, you know, flip a coin every time we need to make an important decision? Um, I don't think that that's what God wants. He's given us his word. He wants us to talk to him, that's for sure. Sometimes decisions have to be made. But uh, I think what this reveals to me, too, is that God will work through the culture, even if he does not um, direct that culture. So you know, the the casting of lots was common in uh, biblical times, and I believe that God causes the lot to fall on Jonah mm. because Jonah's trying to hide. He's trying to run away. He's run down to Joppa. He's got a boat to Tarshish. He's gone down into the bottom of the boat. He's trying to. He's, he's falling asleep. He's trying to say, "Just leave me alone and you know, go away." Um, and uh, and of course. God inspires them to go down and say, hey, come and start praying, and then let's cast lot. Oh, it's fallen on Jonah. You know, what a surprise. And then they're asking him the question, so where are you from? What are you here for? The the lot has fallen on you. You seem to be the problem here. Mm. You're the reason for this storm. Uh, Tell us uh, all about it. And
1: uh, he says there in verse 9, if you'd like to pick that up. So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Alright, so when the lot falls on him,
2: uh, he explains, well, I'm a Hebrew and the Lord, the God who created heaven and earth, he's the God that I follow and I'm actually running from the presence of God. Mm. And that's why this storm is here. And so now they're very afraid. They're afraid uh, there's the natural elements of the storm. But now they're dealing with a supernatural element, which is God himself. Mm. And they're saying, okay, well, if God, in other words, if God has sent this storm, there's only God can stop the storm. Mm. You know, there's, there's no amount of human willpower that's going to stop the storm. And so they are now exceedingly afraid. And um, now they want to know what the solution is going to be. How, how do we get out of this? Um, and
1: look at verse 11. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? The sea was growing more tempestuous. Yeah,
2: so it's it's already pretty wild, right? And, and now it's becoming even more tempestuous. It's almost like there's a climax coming. You know, it's getting, it's more intense, more intense, more intense. Something's got to be done. And they're saying, what do we need to do? Tell us what we need to do. And he tells them in verse uh, 12 there, it says, he says to them, maybe you can read this
1: again, Jason. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me.
2: And what I find fascinating is, again, we we talked a little bit about uh, Jesus in the New Testament where he says, uh, this generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given it, except for the sign of the son of uh, the the sign of Jonah. And it's interesting because you read about that in um, Matthew a couple of times, and in Luke. And most often, it's associated with you know, as Jonah was in the heart of the great fish for three days and three nights, and and so forth. And and we'll come to that next week, perhaps. But it's also interesting um, in Luke, it says, as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites. Mm. And we'll pick that up again in the next couple of episodes as well. But there are many, like I say, glimpses of Jesus' ministry through this. And uh, here in verse 12, Jonah has understood that he needs to be sacrificed. If this, this group of mariners who... Uh, innocent of his running away, it then it's not his their fault that he's running away from God. And so he's saying, he's basically saying, okay, in order to save the mariners, I'll sacrifice myself, throw me into the water.
1: Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, that he he recognized that, um, you know, of his own accord. You know, there wasn't any lightning bolts or anything telling him that. He just mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. He knew that he'd done the wrong thing. Yeah. It makes me wonder, you know, sometimes we face storms in life and uh sometimes those storms are as a result of things that we do that are wrong. Right, yeah. Disobedience to yeah, God. Yeah. Uh running away from God. Um sometimes we get those um, I guess unmistakable experiences that are trying to give us a wake-up call, I guess.
2: You asked me earlier when we were off air, you were saying, how do we know the difference Mm. between the times when trouble comes to us just because of circumstances and because we live in a broken world or when trouble comes to us through our own decision, Mm. Mm. uh, our own choices? And I think the answer to that is that uh, when trouble comes to us because of our own choices, our conscience will tell us that. And But also, I think that how readily are we to go to God and pray, mm. you know, because usually if trouble comes from outside, we'll go to God to pray, help me through this, right? Whereas if trouble comes because of my choice, we're far less likely to go to God and say, help me through this, because I know I'm in this because of my choices. Mm. So I think that that's probably the difference. Jonah knew this. I find it interesting in verse 12 that he's now willing to sacrifice himself for others mm. and I think that's a significant turning point in the story mm. because here are these pagan mariners uh, they don't know the God of heaven uh, well they seem to but they don't know him as well as Jonah does because they're also praying to other gods Yeah, you know so um, but it seems like okay let's get serious we need to pray to the right God now um, but verse 13 is in also interesting because even though he says pick me up and throw me overboard And that will calm the storm. In verse thirteen,
1: this is what happens. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them.
2: So, so here's the thing: they're saying, "Okay, what should we do?" Jonah says, "Throw me overboard, sacrifice me in order to save the boat and save you know yourselves." But they're unwilling to do that. They they don't want to do that. They don't want to be guilty. Of you know, putting it throwing a man to his death, and so they said, "Look, let's just try harder. Mm. Let's try harder." And they're rowing hard to try and get the boat
1: back to shore. I'm trying to visualise what sort of boat this is and how many rowers they had.
2: Well, that's this right. Must have I been have a big n- boat. I would think so, but you you know, if you've ever seen Ben Hur. Uh, you know, you've got those big boats and they've got sails, but they've also got a whole yeah. uh, host of slaves down below, you know, yeah. rowing. Yeah. And so I don't know exactly what kind of boat they had, but clearly it involves sail and rowing. Mm. I suppose at the end of the day, if you've ever been a boat, I mean, I've got a friend who's got a sailboat. Uh, but he turns the engine on to get it in and out of harbour. Right, so you don't always rely on the sail. If there's no wind, Mm. how are you going to propel the boat? Mm. So for them, it was uh, rowing. And so, fascinating. But yeah,
1: the point the point is here they didn't want to they didn't want Correct. to throw him overboard. They they thought no maybe if we just try harder we can get into land. So they
2: didn't want his blood on their hands. They mm. didn't want to be responsible for his death. Mm. And so they are trying desperately to save themselves by rowing to shore. Um, and it I it just. You know, it's interesting to me. It says, For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against it. I mean, it was bad enough for them to be afraid in the first place. Mm. Then it's getting more tempestuous. Now it's even more tempestuous. And they are uh, rowing in vain. Mm. You know, they're trying to save themselves, but it's not working. And uh, so maybe we'll um, pick up uh, verse uh, 14 when we come back after the next break.
1: We will. Now, our book offer today, we've got a free book offer. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet. I guess it uh, reminds me a little bit of this story where these guys were... Um, I guess feeling a bit helpless in the the middle of this storm. Uh, They were trying, but yeah, sometimes we can feel like that. Everywhere we turn, it seems the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, an economy teetering on the edge of disaster. We live on a helpless planet filled with people desperate for hope. But there is good news. Jesus has given us this wonderful assurance and promise. Let not your heart be troubled. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's found in John chapter 14. In Hope for a Helpless Planet, you will discover how we will he will come again. That's Jesus will come again and how to be ready to meet him. This is a great book. We'd love to give you a copy. But right now, this is Love Lifted Me by Caitlin Clambert. As the encounters on Faith FM. Now, before the break, we talked about our free book giveaway today, Hope for a Helpless Planet. We've got plenty of copies to give away today, so text in the code Jonah and the number one J O N A H number one to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to get you get you a copy of that. Uh, it takes a few weeks to get out to you, but text us in. And we will get your details and send that out to you. Now, Peter, we've got a few verses left in this chapter one mm. of of Jonah chapter one. Um, and I think uh, we've just been talking about how Jonah got to the point where he was prepared to sacrifice himself in order to save these other men. Yeah, so
2: at this point, it's all been about self-preservation. God had wanted, gave him a message to go and and take that message to Nineveh, and yet uh, now, and Jonah was saying, well, no, that might cost me my life, so I'm not wanting to do that. I'm going to flee in the opposite direction. And then um, he's, you know, wanting to preserve his life. And and I think at this point with the storm, and he recognises the storm is there because of him, and he's willing to sacrifice himself in order that those mariners might, um, survive. Saved, yeah. And so, uh, In verse 13, we've just sort of noted that that they tried to row hard. They didn't want to throw him overboard. They wanted to try, you know, didn't want to be guilty of that. And so they're trying to save themselves and they discover that it just gets worse and they cannot save themselves. And these are obviously lessons for us in the plan of salvation that we cannot save ourselves. Mm. If we could, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need God. And so they're trying to save themselves, but it's not working. And then we get to verse
1: 14, and uh, I'll get you to read verse 14. So clearly here they recognize that there was something significant or special about Jonah's God, because, yeah. you know, he was making this happen, this storm, yeah. and, uh, and they must have believed. So they it says, Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So but, here's interesting. The, these people
2: are, uh, they're, they're humble, they're repentant, they're reverent, they're, they're God-fearing. They're asking
1: for forgiveness. <laughs> they are. They're,
2: they're asking for forgiveness even before the fact. Um, and they're saying, um, don't let us perish for this man's life. And in a way, of course, uh, you know, what we're going to see here is Jonah sacrificing himself to save the people. And this is, again, a glimpse of Jesus' ministry who sacrificed himself for the people. And the people did not perish because Jesus perished. Mm. Um, and so, you know, you see that. And then you see um, Jonah.
1: Let's read verse 15. It says, So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Will we go on? yeah we yeah, then the, man, the then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows okay, so
2: he was it says they lifted him up he said they picked up Jonah, they lifted him up mm. um, and it re, sort of reminds me of uh, you know jesus' words if I, if I be lifted up, will Lord draw all men to mm. me Um, They picked him up and they threw him into the sea and the sea stopped from its raging. Again, this is a a glimpse of that um, story that you talked about where Jesus arises from the depths of the boat where he's sleeping. Mm. He arises and he says, peace be still and calms the storm. Mm. And so um, you have that glimpse of that that story there too. But the sea, interestingly enough, in Bible prophecy, the sea represents multitudes of people. Mm. So effectively, if you think of this from the perspective of Jesus, Jesus was uh, sacrificed, uh, you know, to the people, for the people, uh, for the multitudes of planet Earth, and uh, that's the only way we we were able to uh, get peace with God, if you like, uh, and that there was a, a great peace um, because of that. And so Jonah's picked up; he's thrown into the sea. The sea, sea ceased from his raging. I'm sure that Jonah, at this point, feels this is the end for me, mm. right? I. But he was willing to die. In order that others may live. And so uh, it was kind of like God had finally got him into the place where he could now use him. And so it's, it's his willingness to put self aside and to sacrifice self. That's where God can say, "Okay, now I can use Jonah. And so God's actually going to rescue him at this point. Um, in a a
1: supernatural fashion and we're going to see some of that as we go into next week. I find it fascinating here again we're seeing that these men who I guess didn't know really very well the the God of Jonah Mm -hmm. and yet here they are uh, fearing him, offering sacrifice and taking vows. You know, this this is an amazing uh, event that has transformed their lives. Absolutely.
2: And in verse 14 it says, therefore they cried out to the Lord, and mm. that is Yahweh, that's yeah. the God of heaven. Mm. So this isn't any one of their pagan gods. They know which God they're talking to now. Mm. It's the God who created heaven and earth. Mm. And so they are calling out to him. They're saying, don't let us perish for this man's life. Don't charge it to us um and you know they recognizing that god's directing this process too by the way because the storm comes from God, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. It's, God has directed the lot to fall on Jonah. Mm. He's, he's, God has positively identified that Jonah's the cause for the, the, the problem. And so they're saying, okay, we, we, we're going to do what he says, which is throw him overboard, but please, you know, don't charge it with us. And I find verse 16 fascinating too. It says, the men feared the Lord exceedingly mm. because, of course, it's calm now. All of a sudden, their lives have been saved. The sea has stopped its raging because they threw Jonah aboard. They, if if they were, if they were, um, if they thought that this was of God before, they absolutely know that it is now, mm. absolutely, because it's now calm. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord, so they have probably got a burnt offering or something or something on board, and they took vows. So they are. So this incident of Jonah being self-sacrificial has uh, resulted in these men knowing far more firmly that God is God and that he has saved, saved them.
1: Mm, absolutely. And, of course, next uh, week we'll be going on in this story where we see how God saves Jonah. mm um, so next week, uh, the title is going to be A Second Chance. God yes. gives Jonah a second chance that's to right. do what he's asked to do. Yes, mm. that's right. I, I find it interesting. We don't really see any other reference, but a question came to my mind. We, we don't see of or hear of Jonah anywhere else in the Bible. It's just this one small little book. Apart from the yes. references, but we don't hear much more about the life of Jonah. Sure, you know I mean? yeah. Um, but it makes me wonder if these guys who threw him overboard ever found out that he that he didn't uh, die. Yeah, true. <laughs> that would be interesting. It <laughs> makes me wonder. Um, now we've got a second chance next week with Peter. Tomorrow we've got the Bible as medicine. Interesting topic with Tabitha and Daniel. Quite relevant to our immune, um, improving immune function through food. Mm. (laughs) The Bible is medicine. Uh, So that's coming up um, tomorrow with Tabitha. You know, one thing I've learned out of this program today when it comes to God. You can run, but you can't hide. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure that's a line out of a movie somewhere. But anyway, Hope for a Helpless Planet is our free book offer, Jonah number one. Text it in to 0488 This is He Can by Noema Moore. Have a great day and we'll catch you again next
3: week. you are my shelter, if in faith I seek, you do so much for me, but I won't let you, you have plans and purposes for
0: This program is made possible by the
3: support of Adventist World Radio.